0: I can't tell if I if the boat's moving or if I'm drunk I might be both you're listening to the disaster feminist podcast with me abby holland You've ever been on a cruise, but it is quite an experience, and this was the first cruise that I've ever been on. There's a thing here called riding yeah. solo. Right, I just
1: came there, and it was a joke. If that's what I get to choose from, I'm jumping overboard. <laughs> Hey, you want me to pin it on, on you? Why not? R-
0: riding solo. Yeah. On this cruise, why not? Oh, this helps. This helps. This he helps. It says riding now. solo. It says no, you're riding I mean by you
1: yourself. yourself. No, it doesn't. Oh. That lady said she was not single, but she was riding solo. Oh,
0: wow. Oh, my goodness. That's me riding solo. <laughs> I that's my call. I knew that I wanted to document stuff, so I reached out to, I guess you could call her my friend, but I we barely knew each other, but I had worked with her for a shoot before and she was the camera person. So I said, why don't I just email this cool girl Marina and, um, see if she's up for going on this insane journey with me. And I emailed her this long thing and she was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so <laughs> we got on a plane to Tampa and got ready for this cruise. One, two, three, test, 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 test. And then... Okay, so then I'm recording number four. This is recording number four. We're about to do the muster drill, I think. Both of us had never been on a cruise, and we prepared, we looked up videos, we just tried to not get norovirus, which is hilarious now that the whole coronavirus is happening because I'm really glad that I went on the cruise when I did because now I'm never going to go on one ever again. Do you, whoa! My, literally, like my skirt yeah. just wow. literally flew fly. up. Woo. Oh.
1: <laughs> I, actually-
0: I know you're not supposed to um, bring alcohol on the cruise, and I'm not saying that we did or didn't, but... Um, it's possible that some people may have snuck on six bottles of wine. We're, we're just fun. here to have I fun. I like to have fun mm-hmm.
1: and you know, as you already get you tan. Know. She's gonna, she's got a man. I'm 56 and I wanna go back looking 86 with all the wrinkles. No, I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> so, the first people that we run into were our first cruise friends, Maureen and Leanne. They were so fun. They were friends. They had served in the military together. I want to get a little bit of sun. We're going to go snorkeling. No more drinks for you, though. That wasn't my fault. Yes, it was. What, the wind? I was trying to be accommodating. (laughs) Okay. Are you a Melissa Etheridge fan? I am a Melissa. I respect her for a woman artist. I like some of her songs. I like the meanings behind them. I couldn't tell you the name of her songs, but I love her music.
1: (laughs) And I'm here to have
0: a good time. And to meet people and enjoy her music. Um, Is there anyone else on the boat that you're here to see? Any artists that you like? Paula Cole, Sean Coven. And that's exactly who I was there to see too, especially Paula Cole. I'd been a fan of her since I was a little kid and like many people, loved her song, Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? She won a Grammy for Best New Artist in 1998, and not a lot of people know this, but she self-produced that entire album and was nominated for Producer of the Year as well, and was the third woman to ever be nominated in this category, after Janet Jackson in 1990 and Mariah Carey in 1992. So that's pretty awesome. Her song, I Don't Wanna Wait, was also a huge single and was used as a theme song to the one and only teen drama... Dawson's Creek.
1: Yeah, it should be like uh, one, two, checking sound, yeah? Yeah. Us. <coughs> Perfect.
0: I felt so lucky that I was able to talk to Paula after one of her shows on the boat. And I'm not gonna lie, I fangirled out and I was so nervous, so please don't judge me. I couldn't control my starstruck ass. I'm I said, I'm supposed to say starstruckness, that's what it says But also my starstruck ass So, um, here's Paula Are you on? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, oh my god, Paula Cole <laughs> Hi Um, hi, uh, you just performed And you, not a lot of people know this, you beatbox Yeah That's, I think that's so badass <laughs> I think it's so cool
1: I started that in the late 80s, when it wasn't so known. And I listened to this amazing group called uh, the Fat Boys. But see, nobody knows? I don't know. I know know Fat Boys. Oh, do you? Good for you. And one of them is called the Human Beatbox. And he would go, stukum, (laughs) stukum. So I used to just walk around Boston and practice to the rhythm of my footsteps. But then it's become huge, and people... Are much better than me no
0: no you killed it (laughs) like seriously um so can you talk a little bit about um what it was like to be a young artist in new york city in the 90s
1: oh i was in my 20s in the 90s in new york city what fabulous timing all of that Um, it was still edgy and somewhat affordable i mean compared to now so there were more artists, and there was more burgeoning and gestating of fabulousness, and it was great. I mean, like David Byrne would come to my shows, and and my guitar player was playing with Laurie Anderson and Lou Reed, and it was a scene. It was beautiful. I mean, hi, <laughs> hi, <John. laughs> Amazing Shankle. I love her so much. <laughs> See, that's like one of the brilliant things about this gig, is I get to spend time with these beautiful artists. And normally we're all touring respectively. I digress. Twenties <laughs> in New York City in the 90s was an amazing, lucky, fortuitous lightning bolt of timing. I loved it. I feel magnetized there. Yeah, you played it seemed like it was more of
0: a like a coffee house uh, play in bars type place even more so than it is
1: now yeah oh yeah I, I was there in Cafe Chenet that historic place on St. Mark's it was between 1st and A that's where Jeff Buckley was coming out of and a lot of other amazing artists so that's that was my regular at the time also um the Fez at Time Cafe which is now uh, like a patisserie restaurant French restaurant but they were beautiful places uh, and just a beautiful scene. Yeah, it was edgy and rough and bloody. Um,
0: what do you think was? What do you think was going on in the '90s that kind of allowed a plethora of artists like you to
1: uh, thrive? I mean, working and playing and living in New York City is small. It was a cauldron. I think like some of that Riot Girl movement, argh, girl, <laughs> was kind of burgeoning already, and there were female bands. And I think Gen X women were just collectively sick of it, and Gen X is kind of an ignored generation. So we had our brief moment, and even though other artists like say Beck got a little more attention for like "Loser" and the apathy. I think really, like it, amongst females, there was something powerful going on. Sinead O'Connor and Courtney Love and P. J. Harvey and Tori Amos and Alanis and me and uh, uh, Melissa Etheridge and Sean—they were amazing female artists. Some of us in different cities, but a lot of us coming through New York City, and that I think—I just don't even hear that in the music today that edge, that, like the anger, the ability to express rage, um, because you can't express it anywhere else, it's completely uh, taboo, but we could express it in music, and it was a rejection of the ideals that we were narrowly confined to, and I, I just I felt something powerful at that time, um, so this is a no-brainer, but do you consider yourself a feminist? Oh, yeah. I, I definitely consider myself a feminist. And I've always answered in the affirmative that question starting in the 90s. And, and it's been such a taboo word, such a laden word. At the beginning, I was thinking, what's the big deal? I mean, to me, being a feminist is really just not being a masochist, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's awakeness. It's being awoke and not having shame or fear in saying that. I don't understand the baggage around it. It's being uh, individuated.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, So speaking of uh, feminism and music, um, your song, (laughs) Where Have All the Cowboys Gone, is one of the most iconic I think, feminist, powerful songs ever. Ooh, thank you. And even as a kid, I was probably... As a little girl, I would listen to it, and I felt the irony, I felt the power, I felt empowered after I listened to it. Thank you, yeah. Did you feel empowered and powerful when you were writing it?
1: Um, I was existing on a burrito a day in San Francisco, you know, half for lunch and half for dinner, $2.15 and I could load up the vegetarian burrito with all kinds of salsa it. I was, you know It wasn't Chipotle yet. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> I was living in San Francisco and I was living in a loft with three roommates and it, writing I was dedicating and enduring poverty for the, for the work and I wrote that then, I was listening to this English rock group called XTC and they wrote with such clever lyrics and I thought, I would love to write something wry, w-r-y, wry, you know, clever, and with some, like, melancholy, like, combining and braiding together different streams of feelings, melancholy, real longing, disappointment in this gender role that I'm supposed to play, irony, humor, braiding it all together, and, uh... It ended up being my first hit and being, you know, I don't know, t- top five and all over MTV. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people took it to be fundamental. And it became Rush Limbaugh's favorite song for a while. Are you serious? Oh, I'm totally serious. And there's even debate still. Like, I'm on radio stations, I'm still asked, So, is that... <laughs> do you really mean that or do you really not? And, and now there's all these people that believe I'm, like, singing some Tammy Wynette, Stand By Your Man situation, mm-hmm. which is not true, but I... They feel for the music, and I I love them, too. And we want them. We want them to be more woke. It's a good thing to come over to our side. So, uh, I think it's been for those in the know. And... And they all come and they all listen to the song, but yeah, it was a totally feminist piece. And I think
0: it was, if I remember, um, like before I knew what a feminist was, or before I even thought of myself as a feminist, as like a thirteen-year-old girl or something. I, I, think listening to your song was one of the first times a little like tickle came over me. I was like, oh. <laughs> and I comedy was always a big part of my life too. And I, really? I, and I'm a writer and I do comedy, so the fact that it was like being funny about it. I was like, oh my God, this is my song. It was great. Such a great song. Thanks. Yeah, I totally mean it. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks for
1: understanding the comedy. Oh my God. And yeah. There's not a lot of that by women. And I meant to say that when I was listening to XTC, I loved the cleverness, the humor, and I thought, a woman needs to express that in pop music. There's no humor. It's always love or sadness or pining. But I wanted to add something different
0: yeah and I don't think there's been a song like it since I don't either <laughs> no i totally i I, re- I, re- I, mean, I really it's don't
1: misunderstood but you know it's hopefully it just keeps standing the test of time it's it's unique oh love it <laughs> um so I guess
0: um last couple questions um yeah let's see it's it seems like we've come a long way in feminism uh but with the current political climate um does it feel like sometimes we're going backward oh,
1: yeah um i teach also at berkeley college of music and so i have these beautiful millennials in my life and i feel love for them i have like maternal parental feelings for them and i learn from them too and i'm so honored that they're coming across my path and influencing me I and mean, transgender i have Transgender in my class. I'm learning the new vocabulary of they and changing my pronouns. i I love that there's openness. Immediately there's a discussion about it. There's so many more places to stand. We didn't and be and self define. We didn't have that, and there was so much shame and living in the closet and just darkness. Um, that's why Melissa Etheridge is so iconic and brave. I mean. So, Ellen's generous. There were so few, and uh, I think in some ways we've come a long way. But uh, we need we need to coalesce and change this situation that's happening right now. It's completely terrifying and terrible. Um, There are no words. It's just that shit needs to be done. One last question.
0: I So I am donning some some armpit hair. And you're very inspiring <laughs> yeah. from, from the 90s. You got some press for that. All negative.
1: It's <laughs> crazy. Um, um, mad and mean and weird. You know? Yeah. Do you have any grooming tips? <laughs> <laughs> no. I think it feels so much better to have it long because, you know, it's a natural absorptive. It's so much worse when it's all shaved like a... <laughs> fuck chicken or something. (laughs) Yeah. And smellier. Like, it's actually better. Why... You know, we see men with it. Why is it such a big deal? And the biggest backlash I got was from women. The meanest backlash I got was from women, which was very sad because we're conditioned to do these things. But um, And it kind of took over. It was a very negative backlash. Amanda Palmer came after me and she kind of... She made it a little more fashionable and accepted, so I'm grateful for her. I mean, it's just hair. It's just a body, you know? And i that's actually so little of who I am. Like, my, I am my heart and my music and my intelligence and my soul, and that's... I wanna be known for that. I wanna be known for the legacy of my music, not that moment.
0: Yes, well, you are for me and for many people, so... Um, Thank you so much Thank you. For, for chatting
1: with me. And good luck with it.
0: Paula now has a brand new album out called Revolution, so go buy it and binge it. Thank you so much for listening, and special thanks to Melissa and the Mannequins for the theme song. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you so much. Jesus Christ, can I even say words?